I want to welcome you guys. Uh, would you grab your Bibles and turn to the book of James with me? We have been systematically working through the book of James as a church, and um, Pastor Greg just closed out on chapter one last week. I, I think it took us several months to work through one chapter, and so we're going to dive into chapter two. Uh, so wherever you're at, grab your Bibles, grab your phones. I, I really think something special happens when we read the scripture together, and I really feel like the Lord wants to speak to you, and so grab your Bibles and, and read with me. We're really going to study and unpack what James is saying. So James chapter two, I'm going to read from the ESV, and this is what it says. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves, and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he's promised to those who love him. But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. I really want to set some groundwork before we unpack what, what James is, is teaching us in this passage. We have a, a really familiar phrase that we use at Vintage every week. You might see it on a, a slide or, or a poster. You might hear a pastor or a teacher say it or even people within the congregation. And it's this phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. And this is a phrase that, that Jesus told us to pray and really contend for and, and live into. And it's something that we believe, something that we cry out for and, and, and really go after every single day. And really what it means is you as a believer, you bear the image of God. You carry his presence with you wherever you go. And because of that, we get to walk in the supernatural, which is heaven, in the natural, which is, which is earth. And I think there's something important that we should understand about the natural and the supernatural. The supernatural does not have the same view of humanity as the natural. It, it, it doesn't look the same way. It, it totally carries something completely different. And, and how do we know this? What does that look like? There's a couple of scriptures that I, I want to look at before we really dive into James. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Paul will make such a heaven-like statement, supernatural statement. And this is what he says. He says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I think it's important to understand that that is a supernatural statement. That is not how humanity lives in the natural. You, you don't just wake up and naturally say, hey, we are all one in Christ Jesus. It, it's completely supernatural. So what does heaven look like? What does the supernatural maybe even look like today? 
We see a glimpse of it in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. It says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I would love to suggest that it is our job as believers in the natural on earth today to not only have the lens of the supernatural, which is heaven, but to actually begin to live into and step into the supernatural on earth because of what Jesus did for us. He left, he left it behind for us to actually walk into. And I keep using this term natural and, and supernatural, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. I think as believers, we think that supernatural only means I lay hands on the sick, I see them recover, I prophesy, I speak in tongues. And I'd love to say those are facets of the supernatural, and they're beautiful. I, I think we should live into some of those things. But what James is going to teach us, it's practical. It's not easy. And don't, don't, don't think practical means easy. It's a very difficult principle that he's going to teach us, but it's supernatural. It's a very practical idea to step in, but it's supernatural in the natural on earth. And that's what he's going to challenge us in chapter two. So verse one, let's really unpack what James is saying. He says, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. I want to look at this word partiality. It means to show favoritism to somebody based off of outward appearance. It's to favor one above the other. And we have to understand that James lives in a, a very partial age. People were categorized based off of who they were or who they weren't. So are you religious? Are you not religious? Are you a man? Are you a woman? Are you wealthy? Are you poor? Are you Greek? Are you Jew? They were categorized and everybody evaluated people based off of what they see. And James is addressing this in the scriptures. Showing favoritism to people based off of what you see is how humanity acts naturally. That, that's a natural response for us. And, and James is going to give us an example in chapter 2. In verse 2, he says, For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, and say, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or you sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourself? and become judges with evil thoughts. There's a couple words here that I, I want to look at. James said, have you, have you not then made distinctions? This word distinctions, it means to separate thoroughly, to make a distinction. It means to discriminate or to prefer. It actually also means to learn by discrimination. And James says, have you not then made distinctions among yourself and become judges with evil thoughts? This word judge it means to pass judgment, but it, it's rooted in the same word that actually means to punish. 
So what James is really saying is, hey, people naturally assess others and what they see on the outside, they will either discriminate or they will favor. They will dishonor or they will go above everything else to favor this one person. And by doing that, by dishonoring them, by showing partiality, we've actually passed judgment or punished them because of it. What James is describing is not a new idea for humanity. It's not new for us now. It wasn't new for us during James' time. We, we see this even in the scriptures. That if you go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, in verse 6, we, we see this happen with a man that speaks with the Lord on a daily basis. A, a man that was told, hey, go anoint the next king of Israel. And Samuel's a prophet. And, and in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6, it says this. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. I can just imagine Samuel standing before Jesse and his sons and just scanning every single individual. He's looking for a king. I think his natural process was, okay, this one's tall. He looks mature. I, I said hello to him, and he seems to carry himself well. I, I think he can be the king. And the Lord steps in and says, hey, um, I don't see the way that you see, man. I have a completely different lens, and I want you to lean into that. And that's really what James is, is teaching us here. See, James continues, and he reminds us of the Lord's perspective in verse 5. He says, listen, my beloved brothers. Has God not chosen the poor, those who are poor in the world, to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? A couple words here I want to look at. James says, has has God not chosen? This word chosen, it means to pick out, to choose for oneself. It actually means to speak over and select. And it says that God, has God not chosen, spoken over the poor? This word poor, it, it means reduced to beggary without wealth, influence, position, or honor. So what you and I as humans would naturally look at on the outward and say, yeah, there's, there's no way this guy has influence, position. I, I can't have anything to do with this. God has actually spoken over and chosen to be heirs in his kingdom. This is the last verse in verse 8. This really is where James shifts what he's been talking about. He's really dealt with two different things, partiality and dishonor and discrimination. And, and James is going to give us kind of the, the counter to both of those things. Verse 8, he says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's two words there, love and neighbor. And in our culture, those two words are really diluted. They, they don't carry a, a lot of weight. And so let's look at the words that James uses. It's very interesting. This word love that he uses is agapeo. 
And there's two parts to this word. It actually means to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, and to love dearly. That's the first part. The second part is to be well-pleased, to be contended at or with. This contending word, it actually means to suffer with. So that's what this word love means. And so James says, love dearly, contend for, be with, entertain, welcome your neighbor. What is neighbor? When, when I think of neighbor and when I say neighbor, I just think of the people that live to the right and left of me on my street. But that's not the word that James uses. This word neighbor, it means close by neighbor friend, but Thiers gives us two definitions that are very interesting to look at. According to the Jews, a neighbor is any member of the Hebrew nation and commonwealth. But there's a second definition with this new covenant that's given that's interesting. Because according to Christ, a neighbor is any other man, regardless of nation or religion, with whom we live near or whom we get the chance to meet. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I would say it this way. I think the true way to measure whether or not there's partiality inside of you is only through the lens of agapeo love. How do you do that? What does that look like? Well, let me ask you a question. Um, Do you welcome, love dearly, contend for, entertain, be with, people regardless of their race, religion, their nationality, whether they're they're male or or female, regardless of their political party, how they grew up, what church they go to, what church they don't go to, do you love dearly and contend for those people? If your answer isn't yes, and by the way, my answer was not yes, and lots of times isn't yes. I, I don't stand here saying, hey, I've got this figured out, just follow me. This is supernatural. This is not a natural way to walk. This is stepping into something outside of the natural and living into it. If your answer isn't yes, I just want to encourage you. Will you invite the Holy Spirit right now to just show his agapeo love to you? This contending welcoming, being with, loving dearly? Will you just invite that love to invade where you're at? I find it really difficult to to give something to somebody that I I haven't first received. And I, I think the only way that you and I are going to be able to step into this supernatural reality is if we first stand before the Father and receive this beautiful love that he has stored for you. I really want to challenge us, if I can, as a family, to really step into this reality a lot more, especially as the church, especially in this season. See, in Revelations, we see this beautiful picture of diversity in the kingdom. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue standing before the throne of God, worshiping the Lamb of God. And we as a people, every week, We contend for this thing on earth as it is in heaven. That is something that we get to begin living and stepping into today. 
See, the natural way of humanity is to compare and try and figure out why we're different. It's what we do. It's, it's hardwired inside of us. Even as a kid, you grew up comparing people and trying to figure out and, and kind of putting people in all of these different areas. And James is inviting us into something different. Without this supernatural lens and without looking from heaven's perspective, we usually do one of two things when we come across people that are different. We, we actually try to become like them. If you meet somebody and you really like what they have and what they do, we tend to favor them and elevate them above everything else. But the difficulty when we do that and the problem that I found in my life is that when I try and chase after someone or something that I really love or want to become like, I'm actually dishonoring the people, the neighbors that God has put right in front of me. The second thing we try and do with people that are different than us is try to make them become like us and we completely dishonor them in the process. See, I would love to suggest that in the kingdom of God, we are actually called to celebrate the differences that we bring to the body of Christ. We're called to contend for, to love dearly and to be with, even when they're different, to extend this beautiful agapeo love to one another. It's such a desire of mine to see the people of God move into this idea. I think sometimes as the people of God, we're, we're so chasing after this mystical, supernatural thing. And here's the deal. It's beautiful. Man, at Vintage, there's times in worship where we say, hey, if you need healing for something, we want to lay hands on you. We want to pray for you. We have seen healing. We have seen God move in this marvelous way. But could I just say something to you this morning? The most supernatural thing that I think you can do right now in this season is to step into agapeo love and release it to your neighbor, to the people that are around you, to the people that you get the chance to meet. That is supernatural. It's not this far off thing. It's actually something that you get to step into. Man, I've been so gutted and challenged by how I view people. I really have. And, and maybe you're here and, and you're saying to yourself, Trav, I don't think I, I have partiality or, or discrimination inside of me. I would just maybe say that maybe that's the wrong way to approach it. Is there a God-pale love inside of you with every single person that you interact with? This seems to be one of the most dividing times in culture. It feels like everything is divided up and people have one opinion and people have the other. And even in the church, even in the kingdom of God, it, it seems like if I'm not over here, if I'm not over here, then I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I think that our county is waiting for people to step into agapeo love, which means, you know what, regardless of your race, regardless of your religion, regardless of your background, where you come from, it does not matter. I get to extend this amazing love. I get to contend for and love dearly because Jesus did something so amazing. So I wanna challenge you. I understand that this piece of scripture seems to almost be a, a hot topic in culture. Can I challenge you, wherever you're at, will you talk about this? Will you talk about this agape love? Have conversation with one another. I know that in our teaching team meeting this week, we had one of the most amazing discussions that I feel like we've had for a long time. 
It just sparked ideas and well, this is where I come from and this is where I'm at. And at the end of the day, we all realize, hey, this beautiful answer, it might sound cliche, it might, might sound cheesy, man, it's Jesus and it always has been. It's receiving this beautiful love so that we can give it away. That's what I see James teaching in, in the scriptures in chapter two. And there's more, man, he, he goes on further and we're gonna unpack it in the coming weeks. But I challenge you, wherever you're at, this agapeo love, it's for tomorrow. It's for when you wake up and you're in your car and you get out and go to the grocery store and you see somebody that's wearing a shirt that you can't stand and you don't like and you just have all these opinions and thoughts and there's this beautiful thing that we get to do as believers on earth, which is the natural. We get to step into the supernatural and view them through such a different lens. And that's what I wanna invite us in as a family as we go in. Do we realize that if all of us just at Vintage would take this thing to heart and say, oh my goodness, my lens of people has to change. It could change a county. I think that revival will birth when the people of God step into these very practical supernatural things. Not easy things. It's practical to say, okay, I'm going to view you through a different lens and love you. It's supernatural. And I just want to invite you into that wherever you're at this week. Will you do me a favor? Will you just put your hands out right in front of you? I just want to pray over you. Lord, I know you're so speaking to me in, in this passage. I love that you give us the freedom to pick things apart and, and to pick them up in the scriptures and look at them and think about them and process them and, and live them out. Lord, my cry is that for whoever's listening, that there would be such an overwhelming amount of love that's just released over them. Lord, my prayer is that we would have the courage as believers to actually step into the supernatural in the natural. That this idea of on earth as it is in heaven would be something that we don't just think about or say, but something that throughout our week, you would remind us, hey, it's on earth as it is in heaven. You can walk in the supernatural if you want to this morning and today. So Father, we love you. We adore you. We're so thankful for worship. Lord, as everyone is a bit disconnected from not gathering as a family every single week, I, I just pray for grace, that your grace would just supersede everything. We love you, and we just bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we love you guys lots, and we hope that you have a fantastic week. We, we miss being with you and worshiping and, and really studying the scriptures. And so make sure you check out our website. Um, we've got some calendar updates for you on there and that will be the most updated information. So bless you. We love you. Have a great week. May his face just shine upon you. Love you guys.